0: Okay, so we have a lot to talk about, Shashank, and so little time. Uh, let's get to the first topic, Gemini 1.5. S- so, uh, yeah, crazy. Um, just last week, Google, they released their model, Gemini 1.0. Now, they're already on 1.5. I don't know like about normal tech releases, but you don't normally go up half a version or like releases I don't know what you call that like five releases within a week like I don't know if they had like the AI coded for them but uh this is insanity well I think you do when your CEO says AI a million times in the keynote you know that's true that is true um yeah so uh, this new model has a one million context window one million token context window which is so big Compared to GPT-4, GPT-4 has 120,000 token contacts window. This is, like, basically 10 times that. And in research, in research, they're working on a 10 million, 10 million token (laughs) contacts window. This is insane. Like, this is literally, like, 100x improvement over, like, the state of the art um, as of just, like, well, yesterday, technically.
1: Yeah. Um, So it is definitely exciting news. So for context, um, what is a context window? No pun intended. Yeah. Um, It is the number of tokens that the model can um, keep in memory to answer your prompt.
0: In simple words, it's basically just like the total size of the question that you can ask the model. In layman's
1: terms, like total size in terms of. Words. Yeah. words. So a token is roughly uh, 70% of a word. So a million uh, token context window equates to maybe like 700,000 words.
0: Yeah. So like, for example, I think GPT, like ChatGPT had around a 4,000, 4,096 token context window. So that means like I could put in roughly 3,000 words into my question. This... With 10 million tokens, I could put in what like the entire Game of Thrones, uh, like I don't know, like the Library of Congress. Maybe not that much, but like it's so much. Yeah, so that that equates to uh,
1: 700,000 words. If you if you're talking about the 1 million context window, um,
0: 30,000 lines of code. Uh, it's like 11 hours of audio or like an hour of video. So, Shashank, what does this mean? Like, oof. what what can like if if I'm a regular person and I just suddenly got unleashed a million or 10 million token context window like what what do you think this means like what could we do with this um oof uh I haven't had enough time to
1: let this simmer to think about all the implications but um people used to go to Claude cuz it had the biggest context window um I think it was like 200,000 tokens um so ChatGPT for turbo is nearing that um and to clarify you know this is uh hot off the press available only for select customers they're still ironing out the kinks the average person will get the same as chat gpt 4 turbo um so gemini 1.5 will have a 128,000 token window today but they will be slowly rolling out the larger insane 1 million token size so with that um they showed a couple demos which are really cool they uh put the entire um transcript of the uh apollo 11's mission into ChatGPT. sorry into G- gemini <laughs> it's become a noun in my head but um yeah they put the entire transcript of that mission um, and asked it some questions, uh, gave it uh, a little sketch of uh, like a children's drawing of a man's foot about to land with an arrow pointing to <laughs> uh, un- under the foot, and they're like, "Well, w- w- what do you think this means? Like, uh, tell me something. About, tell me something about this drawing." And it uh, was able to accurately give context that, "Hey, this is uh, Neil Armstrong's first uh, footsteps on the moon, and um, that's that's really cool. You can put." really long documents. Um, another cool example with video, uh, they put in a 44-minute Buster Keaton silent film, uh, black and white, and asked it a bunch of questions about uh, when does this one character show the other character a piece of paper, a note with something written on it? And boom, it gives you an exact timestamp. And you pull up the video and that's uh, when it happens. So it's it's really cool. Um, you can show it really long pieces of text, documents, movies, audio, um, and even code. So I think the challenge with uh, code is that your code base grows really, really large really quickly uh, as your team grows, as the project scales. So it's hard to fit all of that into context. And a lot of these companies um, that build coding assistants kind of get around it by building rags, pulling relevant bits of information, and feeding that into the LLMS context. But with this, you just throw the entire code base.
0: Yeah, and I think that honestly will be better. I mean, assuming this works well, I mean, both of us haven't tried it yet, but assuming that it can have like good memory uh, over the million or the 10 million uh, token uh, context window, um, it it will maybe uh, start to be able to get to human level uh, programming performance. Or uh, if you think about it, whenever we come up with new ideas, uh, like let's imagine I, I know all of the things uh, that I know just you know through my life experiences and I read a textbook, right? So like if I read a textbook, I can then apply that to everything else I've learned. Now, uh, if you can just put in a textbook or multiple textbooks into a single uh, context window, um, like that will rapidly uh, speed up the rate of human intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, on the flip side, I think
1: it uh, might make developers using these tools a little more lazy. <laughs> Rather than building really optimized solutions that uh, save you time, uh, money, they might just say, okay, I don't want to build this uh, RAG application. I don't want to figure out Um, how to optimize the chunking size to segment the text from this really large document to uh, search through it, pull relevant bits. Uh, Let me just throw this entire thing into, you know, the big context window.
0: You know, I think maybe that's okay. Cause um, honestly, I think the only people who care about like the intricacies of a program and like how clean the code is, is the developers themselves. Right. Because they're written for other developers. Like, I think in general, um, like, you know, leaders at companies or whatever, or like customers, they don't care, right? Like, they just care that like the program works and it works well. Like, whether or not the code is readable for humans doesn't actually matter. Uh, Well, well, um, the customers do care about cost.
1: So if you optimize the prompt and reduce the amount of input that goes in, as context, I think that'll make, uh, the prompt generation, the response generation faster and cheaper too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is true. I mean, for sure, if you, you could optimize these things, but I mean, this is the most expensive probably ever will be. The cost is just going to go down. Mm. And, uh, I, I think that, you know, a couple of years from now, we like the cost will be so small that it, won't even matter. So, well, do you think there's been anything, um,
1: any application that we haven't been able to do because of this limit in context size?
0: Uh, You know, I think one thing is uh, we haven't been able to uh, build uh, large programs. Mm. Um, So I know uh, in one of my side projects, I was trying to um, use it to generate code, and it worked pretty well for smaller programs. But the problem is, is uh, as the program got bigger, I had to use a bunch of heuristics to try to figure out um, what piece of the code to work on, like, you know, what file uh, was relevant. But the problem is, is sometimes like when you're working on code uh, with, you know, these models, um, you can't pass in your entire code base when like the entire code base is sometimes useful or even like the code base of the dependencies you might Uh, that you use you you might want to like put in so so you know like how everything works uh together so i think that like uh we're limited in the size of the code that we can use uh to generate but now i think that uh maybe not with a million but with 10 million uh that's gonna be like able to create a lot of not just toy programs but entire um like companies Hmm. worth of code uh I mean, maybe not, like, all companies, right? I think, like, there are some uh, things called, like, I don't know, like, Windows or uh, probably, like, I assume, like, Apple's operating system might be, you know, tens of millions of billions of lines of code. Mm -hmm. You know, some of these, like, mega projects like Chrome or something like that uh, are going to be huge. But, you know, for a lot of, like, mid-sized companies, it's not like they have, like, hundreds of millions of lines of code. Like they might have like 50,000 lines of code or a hundred thousand lines of code Hmm. uh, for like their entire code base potentially. And uh, we're getting to a point where like companies will be able to put their entire code base in uh, and uh, be able to write new modules or features for it. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I'm, I'm curious how they,
1: uh, or like how much this is going to cost. Cause uh, they mentioned in uh, their research example where they had a hundred million tokens um, they said that's the most they can run on their TPUs. Wow. Um, so it seems like uh, it's hitting the limits of what is feasible now. But again, like you said, this is the most expensive and the slowest these models will ever be. This is the smallest context
0: size we will ever have. Did you hear? I heard that uh, Nvidia is now like I think the number three most valuable company in the world. And uh, you know, people are probably seeing like seeing this. And it's like all right. <laughs> Buy some more NVIDIA style. More <laughs> NVIDIA. Well, uh Google's building these models on their TPUs. And I, uh wait, what actually can you explain the difference between a TPU and a regular GPU? Um probably not, but uh, I, I can try. So I think uh
1: um Google came up with uh, TensorFlow. Uh, it's a framework for building um uh, Building neural networks and uh, working with machine learning applications, everything from training to inference and maybe even deployment. I'm not sure, um, but to optimize these applications, you know, Google has been uh, gung ho on AI for a while, and they wanted to build their own chips to run on their servers, uh, on these edge devices, on the Google Pixel chi- uh, Pixel phone, and like the customized chip that they have on these devices. So it's similar to a GPU. It does uh parallel calculations really well really quickly um but you know uh with some architectural differences probably to be more efficient to run these neural networks uh, so they they've uh been working on this for a couple of years, and uh, I think uh Amazon's working on these too I'm not sure I don't know there there were some uh you know uh, preliminary news articles saying that they're they're starting to work on them um and maybe. Uh we can move on to the next topic for today, which is Sam Altman trying to raise uh what is it ten percent of the entire world's <laughs> economy uh you know you know what's the what's not cool anymore a billion dollars uh it's It's cooler to have a trillion uh, or specifically seven trillion dollars, which Sam Altman is trying to raise to start developing his own um chips to compute um all of these things.
0: Yeah, because I think that I don't know. I, I get. I was looking to try to figure out how big the size of the world economy actually is. Um, I think it's uh, some estimates say it's around a hundred trillion. Some people say like a hundred and five trillion. Um, like, so for reference, like Japan is about five trillion. Uh, so this he's trying to raise like slightly more than the entire gdp of japan um and japan's was like the fifth largest economy in the world or something y- yeah i think it's third wow. i think it's okay. the third largest economy in the world if i remember it's, i think it's number one is the united states mm-hmm. so in this in this picture it shows that um united states is 21 trillion china their gdp is 14 trillion japan is 5 trillion uh germany is 3.8 so uh, this is slightly more than the GDP of Japan and about half of that of China. But the crazy thing is, is I think he just might get it. And um, I, I think I was kind of, you know, imagining, you know, what he's pot- potentially telling all these rich guys you know, all these investors. He's probably going like, look, you see what I built? I took the world by storm. Chat GPT, everybody's using it like fastest growing product in history. We are making images, text to image. It's like I did that. Open AI, we did that just today. Text to video, right? And um, I'm telling you this like, I need uh, just Like, actually, forget how much I'm going to ask for for a second. Um, When we're... I'm going to take the money and I'm going to uh, raise it uh, to build hardware and software that will be a revolutionary thing. Because this will not just, like, be a marginal improvement over, you know the world's economy. This will be uh not just like 10% or 20%. This will be oh, this will literally 100 10,000 like probably 10,000x the entire world's economy. Um and it, this I promise you will be the last investment that you will <laughs> ever need to make in your entire lifetime because this I will take this money And we will build not just artificial general intelligence, but no, we will build artificial super intelligence, (laughs) which will uh, be um, when the computers get so smart, they just continue to improve on themselves. And the world and the technology, the technological innovations will increase at such a rapid rate. That we can't even imagine what it will look like. And that, my friends, is a singularity. (laughs) Now, let me ask you this. For a 100,000x increase on the world's economy in an age of abundance and prosperity, how much would you pay? I'm not even looking for $100 trillion. Not $50 trillion, but... For you today, (laughs) the slow, low price of like, you know, the size of Japan's GDP, whatever. I mean, like, you know, I mean, great country, love Japan, but like, you know, just like their economic activity for one year. I could take that and then bring into the world an age of abundance and you will get on the ground floor of that. I I think he's going to get all the investors, I'm telling you. I mean, with that pitch, I'm
1: sold. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, not just AGI, artificial super intelligence, uh, a step beyond AGI, where the the models continue to improve themselves. Um, you know, I think I think we can get
0: there in our lifetime. I mean, Ray Kurzweil thinks it'll be 2045. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I wonder what he thinks about all of this. He's probably like, I was right. <laughs> What do you think he's using the uh, funding for to build new chips? I think so. I think that I would assume that he's going to be building uh, massive uh, chip fabs. So, or, or like, another, I guess another way to think about this is the size of Apple's uh, market cap is like $3 trillion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I remember it was something like the t- total size of the semiconductor industry was like, Uh, in the low like one or two trillion dollars but it kind of depends on how you measure it right so like if you say like oh apple's a semiconductor company and they're three trillion dollars and then google's like two trillion dollars something like that Mm -hmm. like amazon's another two trillion so it's like you know he's trying to raise like the market cap of these companies Mm. i mean will he get it i don't know but he'll probably be able to get at least some percentage of that and with that he'll be able to create new chip architectures both uh, for training new models, and then also inference and uh, inference on the edge, and then uh, he will be able to hire, hmm. uh, pay, and retain the top uh, AI experts uh, in the world, and all the people he needs uh, to be able to to do this. And also, I assume to like you know build the factories, um, and uh, you know m- maybe he'll just keep us up of that too. I don't know. <laughs> so Sam Altman, from my understanding, seems like a
1: mission driven person. uh, along with a couple of the people, started OpenAI because they wanted to um, ensure that we can reach this uh, future of super intelligent computing um, and also have like a hedge against Google because when they were first founded uh, like 10 something years ago, Google was the only company that was working on AI. They had, uh, to to the extent that they were, Um, they had, uh, just acquired DeepMind, I think, um, and they had the world's best AI researchers. Uh, maybe there were one or two at Facebook, um, but they they just wanted to have another set of minds thinking about this problem. And They've done amazing work, but today, in terms of hardware, chip manufacturing, we have so many companies. Why do you think he didn't want to partner with the... Uh, Maybe leaving out NVIDIA, there's so many other companies.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's true. Um, it would probably, you know, potentially um, be like, you know, one step up. Um, but I think that there is uh, benefits to to vertical integration. Mm. Um, and uh, if you're building the hardware and the software, I mean, literally, I don't know of any company that is building all of the hardware and the software right now i think the closest company we have is maybe like uh some of the big ones like uh google or like apple apple's a big one but i don't definitely apple apple even builds the hardware themselves right like they design they design it but then they give it to tsmc uh in taiwan to get the entire world does that right everybody does that right so he's looking to build like the fabrication I do. I mean, I I can't imagine that he wouldn't, right? Like, I mean, if you're going to raise that much, you're going to try to build everything end to end. Um, And uh, I think also there's the geopolitical risk of Mm -hmm. Taiwan, right? Where, you know, for all we know, that they're going to be absorbed by China. Maybe TSMC will... I think because of their crucial
1: position in this entire computing world, um, they've kind of built uh, an intellectual defense against uh, China. I think if anything happens to Taiwan, the entire world will be there to ensure that nothing goes wrong in this entire supply chain.
0: Well, I agree. Um, that is likely true. Um, but there are very few companies that are key to the um, making of chips, right? there's There's TSMC. The Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company (laughs) uh, in Taiwan who makes all the chips. And then there's also ASML, which I forget what they stand for, but they do the Uh, Advanced uh, Semiconductor Machine Lithography, I want to say, is the last two ones. That sounds right. So uh, don't ask me exactly what they are used for. It's something about uh, making, cutting into the chips or something. Anyways, I I don't know exactly, but I know both of those are really important and i would think that if you are going to try to do this whole thing end to end you're going to try to replace tsmc you're going to try to replace asml you could design the chips you're going to design the software you're going to make the most uh fastest the um, most efficient the best software and hardware combination in the world and then own everything end to end i think that's you know, his goal, and uh, he he might do it. You know, there seems like there might be a big need for
1: that. Um, as we rely more and more on these models to outsource the work that we do, um, we'll use more computation, uh, need more chips, um, need more servers, and, you know, the cycle is endless. And like you said, if there's a vertically integrated hardware company that designs, fabricates, manufactures... Uh, Writes the software, everything, all in one. um, I could see a significant jump in performance, cost, and every other feature.
0: Yeah. So anyways, in other news, I think it was just yesterday. um, Andre Karpathy announced that he was leaving OpenAI. Mm. I don't know if there's any drama there. Um, Yeah, I read his uh, tweet.
1: He said, uh, it has nothing to do with drama. He loves the company. He said there's great people. They're doing awesome stuff. Um, he left a little uh, nugget. He said uh, "If for the people who follow him closely, they'll know, uh, they'll kind of have a, have an idea about what he's thinking of next. Um, and he said he's going to work on his personal projects,
0: whatever that means. Competitor to OpenAI? Ah, I, I don't it. know. I doubt it. You know, one thing I wonder uh, when I saw that, I saw it like... Semi-recently, uh, within the last like few months, he was posting about his idea to build an AI operating system. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering if he wants to go and, and build that. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. So um, my understanding is, and I'll see if I can uh, pull up a, a picture of it, um, but uh, it, it, a regular uh, operating system... Uh, is broken up into uh, certain modules, uh, like you'd have um, uh, a RAM. You'll you'll have uh, like, or I guess you like your computer, right? You're gonna have like your RAM, your your file system. You're gonna have a, a CPU. Um, you're gonna have uh, input output I/O uh, stuff like that. And um, I think what he wants to do. Um, is make it so that um let me see i want to i want to find uh, the picture uh, i i can't remember maybe, maybe it's just shot because you, you can find the picture on his on his twitter mm-hmm. um it, it's pretty uh, enlightening but basically the idea is um that you will be able. oh i think i found it okay here we go um so Basically, like um, what you would do is you would have uh, the LLM uh, kind of operate like the CPU and uh, the RAM uh, would be like the context window. Uh, Then uh, you would be able to write things, you know, from your uh, RAM uh, to the disk and uh plus the embeddings and then you would also have the llm be able to interact with other uh 1.0 software tools like you know your your terminal or like a like a calculator um mm-hmm. uh, maybe like your and then also it could interact with like the browser um and other llms plus uh peripheral devices like video and audio um just any io Uh, that it could potentially have would all be able to be fed into the input of the LLM. So in other words, Mm -hmm. right? um, You'd have the LLM be kind of the, uh, the, the main thing which controls all parts of the computer, right? So you'll have the language model, uh, write to disk, use other uh, software on the computer, um, browse the internet, talk to other LLMs and other computers and uh, get input from the world. And uh, you'd essentially be able to make an entire uh, AI, uh, like LLM-based operating system. Mm -hmm. And I think that that might be a thing that he may uh, want to work on. I don't know if he was able to do that at OpenAI. Maybe they're focused on, you know, taking over the world and Mm -hmm. they didn't want to focus on this. But I think that he thinks this is a good idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's a cool idea and I'd like to see that. So I wonder if that's what he's going to work on.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to understand how this is different from yeah, I'm looking at the same image um and so this is similar to what custom GPTs do um where you can empower GPT-4 with a lot of custom functionality to be able to browse the web, uh generate images, uh give it documents, um hook up with a- hook into any other API that you want. Um I'm also thinking that this seems similar to some of the large action models uh, where you have multiple agents that interact with other APIs that you expose and carry out actions on your behalf. Um, But maybe how this differs is that it's uh, more tightly integrated with your computer. So it's a local um, optimized LLM. And has some agentic functionalities in it where it can carry out uh, maybe multiple prompts in the sequence to accomplish a larger goal by interacting with lots of different I.O., um, lots of different applications, um,
0: and utilize the computer's
1: hardware more effectively.
0: Yes, uh, it, is, it is very exciting. Um, and who knows if that's what he's going to work on, um, mm. but i think there's a good chance that he may try to do something similar uh to what you know they do with agents but maybe i don't know open source it uh maybe make it a little bit more formalized uh, or maybe for all we know he might just go and uh produce a bunch of content to help people learn which would be great um i
1: mean he's had uh, amazing videos for the basics of building neural networks and uh building like a gpt from scratch fantastic fantastic videos but it seems like uh open has been you know consistently churning out amazing products and maybe he doesn't feel like uh he can add that much more value because uh
0: you know maybe everybody's already watched his videos
1: <laughs> <laughs> um So, speaking of OpenAI again, do we want to talk about their
0: latest announcement? Oh, my God. Shashank, I think we buried the lead, but today had so (laughs) much news. Like, before we even talk about their latest announcement, or latest couple announcements, like, all to our dear listener, today is February 15th, 2024, the day after Valentine's Day. And, oh, my God, all the stuff that we're talking about happened... Like today, it was not oh today. So we're not even done. All right, last thing. This is, this is a big one. Huge. Text to video, Sora. In Japanese, sky. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Yeah, so I think maybe it's just like the sky's the limit at what yeah. they're going to do here. So uh, for those that don't know, OpenAI, they announced a, a brand new tool uh, called Sora, which is able to take a individual text prompt and uh, generate uh, a minute of video. So they had a bunch of demos on their site. They all look um, unbelievable. Uh, For reference, they look hyper-realistic. It looks like somebody filled it on a video camera Mm -hmm. or like a a cinema camera in various different situations. So, for example, they had a demo of somebody uh, walking in Tokyo. I think the, the prompt was, young fashionable lady walks around tokyo at night oh my god that was incredible yeah the lighting the
1: colors um the consistency and the characters moving around
0: uh it was really hard to tell that this was not ai generated it looked like i was filming it and uh they also uh made uh videos of uh films that kind of looked like Pixar type style, like animated. They made um videos of uh I think they made an entire movie trailer. No no audio. I guess that's probably coming next. I'm sure it is.
1: Yeah. So they made uh yeah, like uh, Mark was saying, there's uh lots of different styles this is capable of uh generating. Um uh, animations, Pixar style, little cute characters that are doing silly kooky things, realistic videos with uh humans and it gets the facial expressions, the movements, the the walking, and everything perfectly. Uh, it's able to generate animals, um, it's gener- able to generate scenery, so, like, drone shots of uh, not just, you know, scenery that exists today, but um, California during the gold rush. There's, like, a scene where it's panning through a little small town, um, and you can see people walking around, you uh, Old cowboy outfits, um, riding horses, old saloons. Um, but they're also really upfront about this, and they kind of highlight the limitations of this model too. Uh, and towards the end, you can see kind of goofy um, videos where you can see a bunch of foxes that are running around and playing with each other. And I don't know where they spontaneously erupt into uh, <laughs> multiple foxes and you know collide and combine together and. Uh, there's a video of a basketball going into a hoop and it just kind of explodes and spontaneously <laughs> creates another basketball. Uh, there's, a, there's a chair, uh, you know, a regular plastic chair you can buy in Walmart, uh, buried in the sand on the beach, and people are trying to remove it. Uh, but the video doesn't understand the consistency of the plastic chair. It just kind of turns it into a piece of cloth that it, it folds and starts waving around in the air and then deforms into another amalgamous object. So it's uh it's not perfect, but oh my God, we have come a long way since um,
0: Dolly, Dolly 2. Dolly 2, what was that, two years ago now? Uh, yeah, something like that. It was about two years ago. I thought Dolly 2 was amazing. Oh
1: my God, my mind was blown back then too. Yeah. That, I- that, that was the whole motivation to start this meetup to meet other people working on this technology because we were like, oh my God, this is huge. This is huge now, and it's going to be even bigger.
0: Yeah, and this is um, like uh, an order of magnitude better, or multiple orders of magnitude better than Dolly 2. Absolutely. So, I mean, definitely going from
1: text to video was a big leap. And we've seen a lot of different open source models and closed source companies working on this problem. Um, popular ones were stable diffusion. They had stable animation. Um, and people were working on uh, trying to just extrapolate uh, the same image and turn it into a video by panning the image, zooming in, zooming out, and having the same image generation model regenerate every single frame. Uh, then you ran into consistency issues because the each frame would be slightly different. So they started working on that. There was a really cool company, uh, Runway ML, that released a couple demos. Um, I forget, there was another one, Pika Labs, that generated a really, really cool video, but uh, it was closed-sourced, and it was just a couple seconds long. Um, this seems to have beaten Pika Labs' demo, and it's just, oh, my God.
0: Yeah, and, um, you know, not to change the topic, but... Uh not only this but uh Amazon actually just today or, or today or yesterday they announced uh their world's largest text to speech model which can do emotions when for speaking yeah it's uh very very good they had some examples <laughs> on their on their website and uh showed it out and uh it was it was very very impressive so um i don't know What a time to be alive. Yeah. I think that in the future with, you know, great text generation, Mm -hmm. great movie generation or video generation, Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to have it where entire movies and maybe video games are generated just on the fly. Maybe uh, they'll have a little uh, thing that hooks up to your brain, figures out if you're enjoying the, the game. If you're not, it'll uh, generate new content for you on the fly. Be more fun, yeah. and uh, and it's, I don't know, it's, uh, it's crazy.
1: I had a brief moment when I was looking at one of these uh, uh, blooper videos uh, that I felt a slight pang of panic. <laughs> really, where you know this uh, old grandma is very happy. Uh, she's smiling. She's she's blowing out a candle for her 80th birthday or something. And there's people in the background, they're waving their hands, and their hands kind of like twist and turn the other way. Uh, So it seems like we might be entering a world where AI-generated videos become the norm. And it's it's a really powerful tool, but also a really scary tool. So they haven't uh, made this publicly available. They... One of the big obvious concerns is deepfakes. Uh, with this, the ability to deepfake will just be supercharged. Um, with the elections coming up, um, this is a very, very scary tool. So they're they're very careful about who has access to this tool. They've only given access to what they call uh, red team folks, who are white hat hackers, I assume, who are going to stress this, test this tool, see... What it can do, what it can be uh, abused for, and find all the weaknesses to try to
0: safely deploy it. So, for those of you who are in OpenAI who are listening uh, to this podcast for all your uh, tech news um, and uh, you know commentary, get us on the red team. <laughs> we we want to use this. Okay, so uh, yeah, uh, get get in touch. You can find our contact information. Yeah. Uh, if if you're a smart person <laughs> uh, uh, who works for OpenAI and uh, you can give us that high-level access, give it. I want it. <laughs> Maybe um,
1: thinking about the potential benefits. So I think um, it'll definitely speed up animation because uh, going back to the gaming industry where... Um, Rendering graphics, simulating light, uh, textures—that was such a complicated uh, problem. But they introduced a lot of approximations and abstractions, um, which made uh, the ray tracing, uh, the ability to simulate lights bouncing from object to object and lighting up a whole room, really quick and really simple. So I feel like this is somewhat of a ray tracing moment for um 3d models and uh, 3d animations so instead of manually creating 3d characters and creating the motion having uh motion capture artists maybe they can just prompt engineer a pixar movie yeah (laughs) that's right i think uh this is significantly going to disrupt the entertainment industry, especially like, uh, and maybe not just animation industry, because this can generate realistic looking graphics too.
0: You know, one thing that I wonder is, uh, I think that it it may uh, disrupt it slightly, uh, but I think that, um, you know, making a lot of these movies is, uh, you know, requires a lot of, you know, highly trained storytellers. Uh, One thing that I think that, this will disrupt even quicker uh is um like news and then advertising because mm-hmm. i think both of those have much much lower effort content mm-hmm. and uh i think that this will uh disrupt uh the freelancer who may have uh generated like a a sh uh short form video or uh maybe some some advertising and uh, i think that those who were make just churning out content uh of potentially low quality that their days are numbered what do you think about tiktok <laughs> you know i i think that this will probably make a bunch of garbage on tiktok <laughs> uh which is why uh the algorithm uh is important uh, because the algorithm will hopefully filter out that garbage uh from the TikTok. Uh but I feel bad for TikTok servers because they're just gonna be uh there's gonna be an influx of new content that is absolute uh garbage. Um
1: how expensive do you think it's gonna uh, be to generate one of these videos? So if you think about uh, uh Dolly being um it's similar to like a completion for OpenAI's GPT-4, um, this is let's say thirty frames a second. Um, is it thirty or is it sixty? Uh, no, that's a good question. Let me
0: take a let me take a peek. Let's see. So Dolly, it um, let's see how much does it cost? I'm trying to find it. Dolly three costs four cents per image. So, assuming that let, let's say you, you did a minute, and you just wanted to have sixty images, let's say sixty images. I would say thirty. Uh, that seems like a, okay, sure, okay. necessary. Okay, okay. so th- let's say thirty. Um, so thirty times four cents. Um, what is that? Thirty times point oh four is a dollar twenty. Mm-hmm. I imagine that there's some optimizations, and it's probably not a one to one mapping. So. Uh, I'm going to assume a dollar twenty is the upper bound, so I would assume maybe thirty cents. I'm going to go with thirty cents for a minute video. Wait, well, how did you how did you get the thirty cents? Yeah, so uh, if uh, an image uh, with Dolly three is four cents mm-hmm. per image for the API, I've multiplied that by thirty, mm-hmm. right? That's so, a second. Uh, so that's assuming or 0.04 times thirty is a dollar 20 mm-hmm. right so that's assuming that um you're gonna have 30 images uh per video mm-hmm. but a lot of, i think there's some optimizations that you can do mm, right? probably so like you know uh a lot of the images are similar to each other like mm-hmm. so, for, for, so for example if somebody's walking the mm-hmm. background is the same so maybe like 80 percent of or 90 percent of mm-hmm. the image I see. is like the same as the previous image in the video right mm-hmm. so i assume that there is some optimizations there uh so i'm gonna say uh you know let's say they were able to optimize at like about 40 percent of that mm-hmm. uh, i don't know 60 percent, something like that like, to me like 30 cents 50 cents it feels like the right order of magnitude yeah, per second uh no for a minute of video
1: 30 seconds for a minute of video yeah so for context uh the I'm looking at uh, Marvel movies. The most recent one, The Marvels, cost over two and a half million
0: dollars per minute. Um, hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I, th- I think uh, these movies will get significantly cheaper going forward. Yeah, that's a crazy world. Th- that it will be in order of mag- I mean, multiple orders of magnitude cheaper. Um, but uh, yeah, it is amazing times. Uh, that we live in um but yeah uh we are we are out of time right now um but thank you for joining us on this wild and crazy news day oh my god not not every week is this crazy but some some weeks you know it's all going to accelerate uh once we <laughs> get the uh, artificial super intelligence. uh so everybody pull your pennies together and uh donate to save <laughs> all i think he needs it
1: You know, um, I'm looking forward to more companies jumping on this text-to-video bandwagon um, and seeing what they come up with.
0: So exciting. All right. (laughs) Bye, everybody.